create a generation. Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm it. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation. All right, Frederico, what's happening this week? This week we're chatting with Chammy from the channel Chammy. With subscribers and followers, people come to your channel because they want to subscribe to one thing and you have to accept that. So I lost quite a few followers. She talks about changing the direction of her YouTube channel. She started in one niche and went to another niche and she has some interesting results. Hey, uh, before we get started, if you like this podcast that we've put together for you, please let us know on Apple Podcasts by leaving a review. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome back to Creative Generation. This week, we are joined by Chammy. Hey. I got it right this time. Hey, Chammy. I know. I'm so proud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been calling Chammy Chammy for years, probably, I think. It's my name now. (laughs) Yeah. She's very charming. Anyway, Chammy, you're a creator. You're on Creative Generation. How about... Instead of me stuffing up your name as well as your channel, how about you tell us a bit about what do you do? I think you were doing great. <laughs> All right. So my name's Chammy. My channel name is Chammy. Basically, my channel is currently about lifestyle and productivity. It's moving towards that direction. It started off as a, like a booktube book reviewing channel, and now it's grown its different direction. Um, I'm a law student as well, so I study the laws. Um, yeah, you can hate me later <laughs> about that. No one likes lawyers. Ew. And I'm also a business owner, and I run a little accessories business. That's me. Amazing. Hey, it's, it's funny. Um, there's all these people who study law or actually finish studying law and become lawyers, and then they end up in um, creative industries. It's pretty – I don't know what's going on with uh, law and lawyers. Frederico studied law. I did. Um, <laughs> uh, there's, like, writers we've worked with, comedians. Some of them are practicing lawyers and doing some great comedy. It's but What's going on there? Like, there's a whole bunch of great creative people studying law. I feel like everyone's finally realized how much they hate studying, doing laws so hard <laughs> that we finally moved on. Yes. Uh, uh, Fred, is that why? Yeah, uh, Fred. I, I actually never wanted to be a lawyer. I just did it because I thought it was uh, a good degree to do, um, Honestly, to help help yeah. you know, to help with the, the business side of what I did. I found that to be, to be quite useful there. So, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of people that do law – don't really know what they want to do <laughs> and then they end up in something creative which is fine it's great law is great you know things it teaches you things that school yeah. should have taught you so yeah, yeah i did find it a, a very actually very practical degree and um also there was i guess a lot less pressure on me because i didn't have to <laughs> become a lawyer at the end of it so uh yeah True. yeah but that's right it's amazing well, how many people come to us who are ex-lawyers or or uh, <laughs> yeah the creative it's like something about the creative field and the law field just Intersect. Yeah. Recovering lawyers. Mm. Recovering yeah. lawyers. Oh. <laughs> we, can, we will save you, Chami. It's not too late. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. You did, you did it again. You, you did it again, Ant. You said Chami. It's not Chami. Did I? Yeah. See, I have this disconnect with my brain. It's, I know your name. I know. It's Chami. It's like, it's like, uh, my, it's like, me, it's like me calling you aunt. Aunt. I cannot say it. Aunt? I it can't do it. It, it just, I, I'm so sorry. Um, no, it's okay. You're not the only I mean, one. It's important, to, it's important to get someone's name right. Um, yes, true, aunt. Uh, aunt. I think aunt, it's very carry, important. Aunt, let's carry on, please. Yes, aunt, <laughs> we'll carry on. 
Uh, I'll go on a massive tangent otherwise about people's names. But anyway, Tammy, you said your uh, channel, your YouTube channel, it went from one place to another and you kind of like talk about it it being in lifestyle and in and the like now. But you also mentioned it was a you're a booktuber. Yeah. Or, what, okay, so like maybe what got you started in, in creating YouTube content? That's a really good question. I think it came from the fact that I had no friends that liked to read. <laughs> so I just had no friends that I could talk to anything about. And I thought, what better way to like start a YouTube channel where I can just talk to myself and hopefully find friends. So I think it was about 2014, 2015. I had been on YouTube like since 2011 making really embarrassing videos. You know, when you're a kid and you just upload things that you really no. shouldn't have. No, like you what? haven't done that? Are they oh, still up there? I, I'm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... Yeah, it was like music video. You know, music video YouTube where people, when copyright wasn't a thing and you didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> when copyright wasn't a thing? I, I don't think copyright has ever not been a thing. I mean, yeah, people... when, well, you wouldn't be flagged <laughs> <laughs> for using bad music. Uh, maybe we could, when the, the system wasn't sophisticated enough to pick it up, yes, when, when, pirate, yeah. when pirates roamed. The, uh, yeah. the seas of, of YouTube. Oh, like... you lawyers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lawyer, lawyer, legal, legal, yeah. law, law. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway, <laughs> so you're doing, yeah, okay, fun, like fun music videos that were just sort of, you had no one else to talk to about your love of, of, of reading and books. So what made you think, I'll make a video about that? Honestly. So I had, like, I have loved making videos as a child. I don't know <laughs> what it was. Um, so I think it was, I just realized that it was the best platform for me, especially with having such a big personality. I feel like I've done blogging, I've done all the other jazz, but it just never felt like I could truly connect to an audience. And I think that's the beauty of YouTube, that you can like truly connect to someone because they can see you, they can see your personality. And I grew up watching people and feeling like I could find friends through just watching my favorite YouTubers. And I think I wanted to be that for someone else. And when I started with books, it was just like jump into like a creative community that was kind of starting out then. So, yeah, that's my reason. Um, and so there, there were people like booktubing was a thing or was it the sort of fledgling thing? Because I guess for a lot of people who like um, who aren't really into it, they don't realize that there's this whole community of booktubing and watching and creating and talking about books all through YouTube, which is... I know. It's a very niche community. <laughs> so was it a thing or was it sort of like it was just the, the start of it? So when I started out, it was... So we like have different generations in the BookTube community. So when I started out, the first generation was already there. So we had a couple popular BookTubers. Um, and then you guys have had Piera on your podcast, haven't you? We have. Yeah, so yeah, if you guys cool. have listened to Piera's podcast, Piera is a lovely booktuber. She was on there. I used to watch her. I used to stalk the hell out of her. <laughs> she knows. Um, and um, <laughs> so it started off like oh, that. Boys. Yeah. we <laughs> Should I say that while I'm doing a law degree? I don't know. <laughs> Friendly stalking. You guys are friends now. It's all good. Yeah. So there was a community out there, but it definitely – 
um, is not what it is today. Like it's a massive community now and it's so niche that it doesn't even feel like it's a part of YouTube. Like it's such a tight knit community. It's insane. It's so good to grow in if you start out because everyone knows everyone. But then you're not booktubing anymore. No, I've distanced no, myself. Like, so, so what happened? Like, so what made you change? Unfortunately, when you grow up and you don't have time for reading, you can't really <laughs> make videos about books that much anymore. And um, I think it's that thing when you start doing, like start making your hobby a professional activity, like your job, that sometimes it can like be off-putting and you no longer want to do it. Mm. So I really loved reading and I found so much enjoyment and I just felt like there was so much pressure from the community to read like the books that were coming out and what was popular that I started to fall out of love with reading. Mm. And and I think so many YouTubers go through like that, not just with books or booktube, but just so many niches. And I think it's like really hard to figure out whether you should niche down or figure out a format that's more consistent that you know that your followers and subscribers like so you can do what mostly whatever you want. So I've always found that really tricky. Yeah, I mean, so, I guess with booktubers especially, you've got to read it a pretty pretty frantic rate don't you? i mean if you're a fast like pierre is a super fast reader read <laughs> a couple of books a week but um most you know mortals uh can't, <laughs> mere mortals yeah can't read that fast you know? <laughs> especially a fantasy book you know, could take weeks to read at least for me it would <laughs> Yeah, and like you have to think about, hey, I have to read the book. The re- like, book's going to take me a while, and then I have to record a video on it. It's not as simple as I feel like some communities are, where it's just like, oh, I got to make a product. Let me test it out. Like I can't read on camera, or mm. it'll be like twenty-four hour footage or more. <laughs> so. It's really interesting what you say, though, like um, because about turning your passion into your livelihood or your business or your career. Um, like we, you know, one of the key to success on YouTube or, or, or any content creation is you've, well, you don't have to be, but it really, really helps if you're passionate about something. But um, there is a, a, a fun balance then, I guess, between turning your passion in, into that, that, that thing that you share with the world and then have other expectations on it and whether that's um, expectations from yourself to create content, expectations from an audience or financial expectations, like that's uh, an interesting sort of dynamic. And I remember at VidCon last year in, um, in the US, there was someone talking about like, you know, passion alone isn't enough to sustain you um, when it comes to YouTubing. Is that, so that's kind of a, a similar, similar story for you then, I guess. Yeah. And I think that for me, the only hobby that I had at that time was reading. So I didn't really have anything else that I could keep to myself. So I felt like I was giving a lot away and I really valued my personal time with reading. So I think you definitely have to be passionate about what you're making YouTube videos of or you will like give up, won't be consistent and it just won't work out. Um, But yeah, I think it just depends on what you pick. I feel like you have to select something that you're super passionate about, that you want to share, that you want to like give value to other people and teach them about as well as keep certain things to yourself. I feel like that's how my mental health has been doing. Like it's only being sustained that way if I work that way. So now that you're not booktubing, 
do you love reading again? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I would say YouTube and the fact that I worked at a bookstore kind of like threw me off reading for a bit. Um, wow. Yeah. But I would say I am reading more. I definitely like have a different lifestyle to what I had when I was a kid. So I listen to audiobooks more. One day a I'll sub, have a booktubing niche, the audiobook tubers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Could I be. feel like there's a big debate about whether people think audiobooks are real books. So <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are, but but you've got someone else interpreting, like, you know, the voices and the, and the, yeah. the way it is. So I guess that you, you can form a different picture in your mind when you're reading compared to an audiobook. Like with audiobooks, I, I listen to dozens of audiobooks, but if I really love a book, like if I love a book series, I'll actually read it myself just so I can get that whole, that experience, your, your own personal interpretation of something. But, I, you know... Um, I completely agree. I've had like audiobooks ruin it for me. Like there's been a character that sh- like sounded like Shrek in one of my audiobooks and I was like, I wasn't expecting this. Like I don't know how to see past this. <laughs> like donkey. <laughs> oh, yes. Was it Shrek? I don't Did know. You're reading the Shrek audiobook. You're like, Wait a minute. He's not Scottish. Yeah. Okay. So what was the change to like, what, how was like was that hard to 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 stop booktube like it was definitely a big impact on my channel i think a lot of people go through these niche changes i know you guys had like erin on your channel like erin may henry and she had like a fitness niche at the start and then she changed to her like productivity girl boss niche um so if you're ever considering moving niche it is definitely going to impact you Um, so when I moved, I just decided to move into like the productivity lifestyle area. It's very saturated, but, um, as Jess said, I'm referring to all your podcasts (laughs) in one of her podcasts, (laughs) that if you, um, do something different to like every niche is really saturated, but if you do something slightly different, then you're going to be noticed and you're going to do well in that niche. So that's what my idea was of it. I'm still at the very start of it. But, yeah, so I think one of the, like, the biggest things that I realised, if this is a big thing for you, is with subscribers and followers, people come to your channel because they want to subscribe to one thing. So when I started out, it was BookTube. So people came and subscribed to my channel because they wanted to read books or they liked books. And when you change you can't expect that some of the people to be there. Some people like might've come to your channel to subscribe to you, which is great. And which is what you want in the end, because you want people to stay for you no matter what you do. Um, But then some people just subscribe because they only like that content and you have to accept that. So I lost quite a few followers uh, when I made the change, but it was a sacrifice that was, that I was willing to make. (laughs) at the time like like as it happened were you like as willing to make that sacrifice or did it like how did that feel like like, I mean I've spoken to a lot of creators who are like but I don't want to give up those views or those subscribers were you did you have that a little bit of that or you just like okay this is what I need to do let's let's do this let's rip the band-aid off and burn some bridges oh I did not rip the band-aid off (laughs) I should have um 
No, I didn't burn any bridges. I still kept making content for my old audience, which really confused YouTube because it was like, wait, I thought you were doing this new thing. And then you keep posting more book videos because you're trying to satisfy your subscribers. And then you're trying to go in a new direction. And it's just confusing the algorithm and everything. So yeah, I hesitated. I still posted book videos. I still tried to satisfy everyone. And when you satisfy everyone, you satisfy no one. So that's what I learned. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know because I'd say that because it's it's like that's exactly ex- like one of the best points you can make when you try to satisfy everyone. Like like, every, like it doesn't do anything. Um, and the specificity of YouTube and how the, the algorithms work is, you know, it tries to find specific things people like. So when you broaden channels, they typically, you know, tend to flail. Um, and I guess it's counterintuitive because, you know, if you ever think of the TV world, like TV channels, they have so much variety, but, you know, YouTube isn't like that. People come to you for a reason. And obviously, um, when you're switching over something like booktubing to like, you know, personal, you know, management and that kind of thing, it's going to be a, a big shift. Um, yeah. On that too, I think it's also some of the mega, mega creators also muddy the waters a little bit because like. Well, Mr. Beast started a gaming channel and or he does, you know, such and such also does beauty vlogs um, and everyone watches them. So it also like, you know, if you've got 20 million subscribers or 40 million or whatever, you can you're playing a different game as well. Right. Mm. The rules are different. Yeah. And most of the time they've started out having really niche content until they grow out and be bigger and then they can do whatever they want because people come and watch for them. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, well, you actually talked about big creators um you know sometimes with you know millions of fans are able to more easily move channels but you know you have i've seen other bigger creators stack i think stagnate as well um i think you know grace helbig i think had a pretty popular channel and then i think as the variety on the channel started to increase i think it started to fall off a bit um and you lost I think she lost some viewership there as they started to to push other things onto the channel. We often see it like with like podcasts when creators start to add podcasts to their channels. Yeah. Um, then it, <laughs> it can get Is a that little... what Grace did? Did she add her podcast onto her channel? I think she did add podcasts to her channel yeah. plus a bits of like other types of content too. Um, and I think people like like they came for a certain reason and then they're like, well, this is not all of what I like. So you know, every second or third bit of content they sort of check out and then – algorithmically it's saying like you know people like something but they don't like other things and you know it, it's hard because i think sometimes creators they also they may not just not, not be want to change direction but they might be tired of doing some sort of content so they want to mix it up yeah. yeah we um we actually talked about this on an episode of uh q a roulette i think and i just don't remember if we've already published that episode or it's um it's an upcoming one uh, whatever check it out q a roulette we just yeah. answer questions if everyone's burning youtube and creator questions so yeah. it's somewhere it's in one of them so listen, listen to them all they're all good yeah. Yeah. All the have questions. to listen to them all <laughs> all the questions and and, and and that is exclusive to the uh audio version of this podcast that's not actually on the youtube version that's right because we love the audio listeners more <laughs> don't say that. so much better if we listen yeah, <laughs> yeah. cut that out of the uh youtube version yeah. oh dear yeah. that's not true i love you all yeah, uh, like, like, I love just, everyone. Like, okay, so you obviously shifted gears, and that does take um, obviously a toll on the audience because they're going to have people drop off. And uh, funnily enough, you mentioned Piera, and Piera did the same thing when she started her channel. She had a bunch of short 
films based on famous scenes and books and then yeah. went to, uh, I guess, booktubing specifically. Um, so had, she had this massive viewership when they first launched. Those those videos, went, I think, went viral. Um, and then when she went into the booktubing, you could definitely see a drop-off in audience mem- uh, numbers and viewership um, subscribers because of that. Um, and it took a while to, to even out because she'd be getting new ones for her booktubing and lose old ones for her old channel. And it would, sort uh-huh. of like, it would be like this funny up and down movement. Um, but now her audience is like, super super loyal they love i mean i mean i i honestly haven't seen an audience that in love with a creator um, yeah but it did take they a while to, yeah, they would. <laughs> but it took a while to, to bring you know bring that across as well um so it is a, it is a hard slog um and that debate is like do you start another channel or do you and ask that audience to come across or do you you know try and muddy the waters a bit and use the same channel um and start pushing out new content yeah, I think it's tough because I feel like if your channel idea is super different to what you were doing before and you know that people weren't really there for your personality and were there for the content, <laughs> then it probably is better off starting off a new channel. Mm. Um, yeah, but then if you think people were there for you and that your content is kind of similar, like for me, um, books are still going to be a like important part of like productivity and like girl bossing and stuff like that. So I thought I could shift over and I know that I'll have to go through that big slug that like Piero went through and everyone else went through to get over it. Mm. But hopefully it's worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it is. But look, let's just talk about where that, I mean, you're ultimately I, I guess going because you're talking about, you know, girl boss, um, but you've done really quite well in your side business, haven't you? Yeah. So I actually started off my side business from YouTube. <laughs> so when I first, so what I do for my side business is I make enamel pins and I started off the business. Sorry, so you make animal pins? No, enamel pins. Oh, enamel. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, yeah, yeah cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. I mean, some of them are animal pins. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so I make enamel pins and I started the business pretty much just as the trend came back. It used to be a super big trend back in the day. Um, And I came out with like a bookish just one more chapter pin. And I feel like people in my community really loved that. And I think the only reason why I did well was because I had a YouTube audience that was based around like a certain niche. Mm. And then I was able to expand from that. Um, Yeah. So now it did like six figures in its first year. It did really well. So I'm very happy. Can, can I ask, <laughs> at, that, at that point, how many subscribers did you have when when you did that? Like not even that many. I think I had like um, 20K. There you go. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You really don't need that many subscribers. You just need like a really loyal fan base and a community Good. to like get somewhere. Good advice. Yeah. yeah, and it's, awesome. a, it's funny though. You say like 20,000. It's like 20K. It's not that many. And for some creators, it's not that many. And in the context of YouTube, it's not that many, but for some people, it's like, holy hell, 20,000 subscribers. So I guess it's all depends on which, where you look at it. But yeah, you're right. Like, it's good to hear that you don't need a million subscribers to start True. leveraging that to do interesting things, you know, and, and generate revenue and create new businesses. Yeah. Um, 20,000 cool. in like one room sounds really big, though. <laughs> like, huge. That's like a football stadium. That's, yeah. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> More than one person would be like, wow, I have one other person that likes me. This is great. 
So then the enamel pin business, does that just sort of now stand alone or stand on its own two feet? Yeah, so it used to be a part of my brand on YouTube, but it kind of grew like by itself and it definitely is its own. It still runs today. Um, And it's in the old community that I did my YouTube videos in. So I still have my foot in that. Um, But yeah, it does pretty well. It doesn't really run under my brand. It just runs as, it's called That Lovely Deal. Um, like what your grandma would say, that's lovely, dear. And that's how I get the name. <laughs> um, yeah, it runs by itself and it's doing well. Nice. Awesome. Doing that- as well as it can during COVID. So that's good. So you've got your YouTube uh, channel, you've got your side business, you're doing a, a little bit of law, studying. Um, so it's, yeah, you just, well, how do you find time to do all that stuff? <laughs> you know, Fred, that's the problem. How do I find time? <laughs> well, she's the question. productivity guru, yeah. right? So, <laughs> hey? Okay. Yeah. No. can't find the time. Nobody can. Is that right? Oh, my God. I mean, sometimes I can't find the time. So <laughs> I could be a lot more consistent on YouTube. If you're starting YouTube, be consistent, okay? Um, <laughs> coming from someone that's not. Um, I Sorry, what was the question? I completely... How do you find the time? <laughs> How do I find the time? Um, so I would say, I think at the start I did everything myself and I still do mostly everything myself. I was like on YouTube for 10 years and I just edited it. And I realized that you don't have to do everything yourself, especially if you want to do a lot of things. I have law school. I have all these other things that I really want to do, but I still want to do YouTube. And so I learned that the best way is for me to me to outsource some of my editing. So I have an editor who cuts down all my ums and ahs uh, in my videos, and then I go and so it will be like an like an hour and a half footage, and I just don't have the time to go through that hour and a half of me just blabbing about because I don't organize my videos properly. Um, so he'll cut it down to like thirty minutes, and then I'll look at the thirty minute like footage and I'll do the rest of the editing. And I think I've saved time by doing that. Like work smart and play hard, guys. Is that, is that <laughs> on an enamel button? No, I should. Is that on a button? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. And I like with my business and stuff like that, it can be a full-time business. Like it could take that many hours, but I only give myself a day and I have a wonderful employee um, who helps me out. So I try to... Yeah, just make sure that I'm working smart and work and not like doing extra work that I don't need to do. It's good because you can't. Hey, hey Chami, just going, just sticking with the editing piece for a, for a second. A lot of creators, like a, a lot of people, give that advice, like similar advice, like you know, get someone to edit your content at least to a, a point. Um, how and like ever, there's always the excuse or the question of like, how do you keep yourself in there? Like, how do you make it? yours and your personality so how do you do that oh I feel like it used to be a forbidden thing to like get other people to edit your content like it wasn't you anymore who did it (laughs) but I think um you just have to like create when you're working with the editor I feel like you have to create a like a folio and like little resume of oh basically a criteria of all the things that make you you that you want to make sure that they see and that they keep and finding a good editor is like finding a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's like dating. You got to go around. It's going to stuff up sometimes. It's not going to work out. And then you'll find one. 
who understands your content, who understands that all the little mistakes you make make you and who you are. And yeah, and you'll have to do it like have a quick turnaround so you remember your video and the parts of your video that you like that you want to make sure make it to the edit that's cut down. Because you you keep a lot of your mistakes, I guess, or, or like tripping over things or whatever in your videos, don't you? So um, like you've got a big personality doing fun things and something happens. You keep a lot of those in there. So you've briefed your editor, right, to make sure they don't toss it out. Is that yeah, right? If I stuff up. Oh, sometimes like like I stuff up and then I'm just like, why did you have to watch that? It's so uncomfortable having <laughs> someone else watch you just like stare at like a wall for five minutes while you figure out what to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I ask him to leave it in. He does a great job with leaving all my little mistakes. I think it makes you feel authentic and YouTube used to be very authentic and then there was a phase in which it was clickbaity but it's like coming back to being very authentic again and if you don't be authentic then you're just missing out on a lot these, these little pearls i think you should be writing these down champions you can put them on on, on a uh on buttons <laughs> should yeah. i take my own advice yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good. actually it's, it's crazy like i find we like do them on, we could do a collab create a generation ones with with you know Buttons, oh, badges. That'd be oh. cute. I'd be down. There you go. Yeah, let's figure this but one yeah, out. You know, speaking we'll of, of merch, there's like I think some of the the um the merch you creators make um or the products they sell are actually some of the best things around. They're really really good. I think a lot a lot of them put a lot of thought into it because they they are for the audience. Um, it's not like you know selling a you know a really crappy shirt, for example. There's there's a bit more that goes into. It. I'm, I'm I'm actually wearing a. A shirt from Arrow right now, my Can Dirt shirt, um, and I love it. It's like one of my favorite shirts. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's incredible the um, the connection you can make from selling merch well on for, through YouTube. Yeah, makes you part of a community. I think mm. everyone just really wants to belong on YouTube and just in life. Nice. I don't have anything. I've realized standing. Well, you have a creative generation you. hat. I do yeah. have a creative generation hat. <laughs> yeah. and, you have, and you have a change of shirt, so you have you have something. Actually, speaking of creative generation, Chami, you did, uh, before I think we were recording, you were, you were doing a very good interpretation of the uh, creative generation um, theme song or theme or the intro. Do you, uh, do you want to give that – do you want to delight the audience with your version of that? I just want to say, you guys told me it was terrible. <laughs> I did, I, did I say it? I probably I did. I, I did not. Well, at how, all. How, about, how about how about I'll tell you what you 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 do that, and I'll play a version of Ant and I beatboxing uh, to try uh, around around the theme as well. Why, 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 don't, why don't you why don't you do that? All right. Oh my God, the pressure's on. <laughs> boop, 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 create a generation. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please use that one instead? <laughs> boop, 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 Create a generate. I, love it. I like that. I think we may, we might have to use that as the intro. I think what, at least if I have the file here, Ant and I beatboxing with Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb, who did the actual intro music. Very. That was Ant, uh, myself, and Tom beatboxing. <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, it, we just did a whole bunch of random uh, stuff and then the editor put that together. So it was much more coordinated than 
than with Tom Thumb with Tom beep doing the, the, the baseline the, the, underneath it all. Uh, so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's so catchy. It, it is. It's, it's, it's good. I was pretty impressed with it. Yeah, I, I, it's my um, it's my psych up song. Every morning I listen to that. That is how yeah. it's done. But hey, you know, Chandler, we are <laughs> we're actually out of time. Um, do you have some top tips for emerging uh, or aspiring YouTubers out there? I do. All right. So be consistent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all you need to do. No, be consistent. Make sure you can post on a consistent schedule. It doesn't have to be every day, every week. Just make sure that it's consistent. Um, the second tip would be um, you don't need super high-quality equipment to be a YouTuber and don't buy like a $1,000 camera before you start. Just figure out if you really like it. And I would say third tip would be YouTube's definitely moving towards being authentic and you should not be authentic even in your real life. So just be yourself. Just love the camera. Create a connection. Love it. <laughs> All those things hey, are button Can we get one bonus, a bonus one? What about your advice for people who are going to change niches? Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, be patient. Uh, people have come to your channel to subscribe for one thing and you're not doing that anymore. So it's going to be tough. You're going to lose followers. But you, there's so many people that have done that and have succeeded and gotten to the other side. So just keep doing it. I'm on that journey. If you want to talk, message me on Instagram or YouTube or anything, I'm happy to cry with you because it's a tough time. <laughs> well, that is, uh, I guess that's good advice. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's all. We'll have a, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll start a, a group chat where we can all cry with Jamie yeah. about changing niches. It could be a, um, a new community building thing for you. Yeah. It could. It could be a new niche. Beautiful thing. It's called. <laughs> yeah. I should do like a YouTube channel about changing niche. That would be very niche. That would be very niche, yes. I think that would do well. Yes. It, it could, it could, yeah, it could. I, yeah, anything can really work on YouTube. I get to be put enough yeah. thought into it. But, yeah, there you go. Um, Chami, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully we'll chat Thank to you. Thank you so much. Do you, want to sing, do, you want to, do you want to sing us out? Yeah, sing us out, Chami. <laughs> <laughs> With the creative yeah, duration, yeah, you should, you should. All right, yes. thank you Whatever so you much. Want. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for having me. You guys are the best. These, like, I'm a boy. Is it a best? <laughs> okay, I'm not rapping. All right, um, I will sign us out. Creative generation. That was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you're a star, Chami. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Have a good day. <laughs> Ba-do-ba-do-ba-do, creative generation.